This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into a special edition of the Pipeline Podcast, Arizona Fall League style. Jonathan Mayo here flying solo from Arizona, opening week of the Fall League. Always an exciting time. If it sounds like uh, I'm a kid in a candy store, it's because I am running around this week, getting as many interviews uh, as possible for uh, our upcoming organizational Fall League uh, overviews and watching some really good baseball. I mean, day one, Vladimir Guerrero, three hits. Night game, Forrest Whitley strikes out first seven batters he faces so we're kind of off and running here for another strong fall league season and so for this week's podcast as we've we've done uh, of late just uh, stringing together a bunch of the interviews we were able to to capture uh, in this first week because you want to hear from these guys not from us i'm sure you're tired of tim mcmaster and jim callis and myself so i'm going to start off with uh, the aforementioned forrest whitley He's the top pitching prospect here overall and, and showed exactly why. Uh, struck out eight of the first nine batters he faced. Ran into a little trouble in the fourth, but overall as dominant a performance as you're going to see uh, from the Fall League. So let's hear from Forrest Whitley. Forrest, obviously, you know, coming here to the Fall League, I would imagine when the Astros said this is what we want you to do, it made a lot of sense given how much time you missed. How excited were you to, to get out here and – and try to make up uh, at least a little bit for some of the lost innings. I was actually very excited. I know, I know the the history of this league. I know all the great, the great players that have come here, and uh, the pretty wild percentage of players that come here that end up playing in the big leagues. And I know all the lineups in this league are outstanding lineups. So it was it was, was going to be a really good test. And I was excited if I were to do well here, then maybe that that would help me out next year, get, going to camp, and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully get in the roster spot. This is, you know, known typically as a really hitting-friendly league. Were you, were you not nervous at all, but figured that would be a really good challenge? Advanced hitters, ball can fly out here just to see how your stuff plays in a, in a scenario like that. Yeah, you know, just just bouncing from roster to roster. I'm looking at these lineups, and I'm, I mean, there are some lineups in this league that are arguably better than some big league lineups right now. It's just some guys like Vladdy Guerrero Jr., Cole Tucker, like all those guys are outstanding players. So you know, it's it, I am personally very very excited as a competitor to pitch against those guys, and especially in a hitter friendly league like this, it's it's going to be a good it's going to be a very good test. As you said, you as a self proclaimed competitor, you love to compete. How frustrating was this year? I mean, first you obviously had to sit out for because of the suspension, and then you, you got back and and got dinged up a couple of times. I, I would imagine the sort of fits and bursts that you had must have been hard to deal with. Yeah, there was a lot of adversity, but I felt like I handled it pretty well mentally. Um, just kind of just get back to where I needed to be, get healthy, uh, and just continue to pitch well. You know, a lot of those things, a, a couple of things were, were, uh, were self-inflicted, but a lot were not. So uh, just kind of take it for what it was and just move on. In terms of I don't want to dwell on the self-inflicted part of it, but what, what were the lessons that you really were able to, to learn from that, not only just in terms of, you know, 
being penalized for it, but in terms of dealing with it publicly, having to talk about it and things of that nature? Well, at the end of the day, it was my fault, and I'm going to have to accept that. Um, but just you, you got to focus on what's important here, like, and that's obviously my career. So um, and it, it helped me out in the long run, just you knowing that it's you, you got to stay focused. you got to have a tunnel vision on, on one thing, and, and right now that's getting to the big leagues. So that's where I'm at right now. It seems like you managed the frustration of that pretty well, given the fact that you knew, I mean, your name was being brought up as a possible, you know, call up late last year. You look at this year, if things had been different, maybe you're in Houston right now. Was that something that in terms of dealing with adversity and, 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 and sort of maturing a little bit that you, you had to say, all right, well, you know, I guess it's just not how it was uh, meant to, to go for me this year. Right. And that, that's exactly how I took it. Just like you said, it. Um, just, just take it for what it is um, and uh, just do better next year. You mentioned you know being here in the in the fall league. And you're hoping it, it can catapult you. Do you think all things go well? The big if always is if you stay healthy. But you do all that things. You, could you see yourself pitching your way into Houston's plans next year? Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely a possibility. Obviously, there there are some uh, there are some decisions that are not up to me. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do my absolute best to to give them a difficult decision come come time. Um, so that's that's what I'm gonna try to do. All right, Farce. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank you very much. The rest of the guys we're going to hear from in this week's podcast are all hitters, starting with Kevin Biggio, he of the Blue Jays organization. Yes, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is getting a lot of the attention for the Blue Jays here in the Fall League, but Kevin Biggio had himself a very, very good year in Double A 2020 season, walked 100 times, talked to him about the year he had and the fact that he's going to be focusing on his outfield play here in the Fall League. Coming off... Uh you know, overall a tremendous year in Double A. Blue Jays say, "Hey, we want you to come out, get a little more work in here in the Arizona Fall League." What, what was your reaction to that news? Oh, I was very excited. Um, you know, I've heard great things about this league, and I've heard you know great things about Arizona being a, being a team in uh, Florida for spring training. So, uh, so yeah, I'm excited. Um, you know, they got me playing the outfield here, so uh, so yeah, it should be fun and learn uh, some things from some of these great players. That was going to be my next question: Is it what you were working on in particular? Now, is that just to add positional flexibility, uh, or is it a permanent move? Uh, flexibility, yeah. So this year they moved me around a lot. Coming out primarily a second baseman, played a good bit of third and first base this year. So, uh, so yeah, they just want to add outfield into the mix. Have you ever played the outfield before? Uh, four professional games, that's about it, though. So you're ready? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, your dad, of all people, like, he completely switched positions mid-career in the big league, so I'd imagine the idea of switching positions was not something totally foreign to you. It seems to happen more and more in today's game. Yeah, I mean, just growing up, my dad, he was able to go from catcher second, center left, back to second. Uh, just growing up, uh, you always saw me the mentality of always, you know, wherever you're wherever you're on the field, you're on the field. You're in the lineup is the, is the, is the best part. It doesn't matter what position. So, uh Whatever you got to do to uh, to accommodate the best interests of the team, uh, then you should do it and, and attack it with a good positive mindset. Let's talk about your year a little bit. Uh, first team sense, obviously minor leagues about development, but winning is always fun, and yeah. you guys got to finish off uh, by winning the Eastern League title. What was what was being able to to finish things off with the with the ring like? Oh, it's awesome. You know, we did it uh, the year before too at High A, so uh, to continue it is. Uh, it's pretty exciting. We got a young, good core group of guys, and you know we hopefully uh, bring it up uh, to Toronto eventually. But uh, it's always nice to finish a year off with uh, with the ring. For you personally, uh, I mean, a lot of things went right. The, the power numbers went way up. A hundred walks for for the season. Uh, obviously, those two things are not 
uh, you know, one has very much to do with the other. Just talk a little bit about how you worked on your approach and that, you know, allowed you to, to tap into that power more consistently this year. Yeah, uh, yeah I went into my offseason last year after high A. I made a few adjustments with my swing. I lowered my hands a little bit and, uh, you know, I have a little bit more of a, a load. So, uh, so I think that's where you see the power numbers coming up. And uh, I guess with the walk numbers, uh, I've always walked a lot for, uh, for my approach. And I think those power numbers, putting home runs in the home run column, uh, allowed me to pitchers to pitch me a little bit more carefully than usual. So, uh, so I think that's where you see that. Finish the year 2020, and I know individual numbers, that they are what they are. But that, that's a, a pretty nice feather in the cap. Was that something that you were mindful of at all, especially as you, you got close to the to the end of the season? Oh, for sure. I know I had a couple more with a couple weeks left. So, uh, you know, when I hit forward, there's a lot of guys I can hit behind me. So uh, it was kind of hard. I had to pick my spots. So, uh, so yeah, it was a little tough at the end of the year, but I ended up getting it. Uh, you know, 20 stolen bases was a goal of mine, and uh, I was just happy that I could finish off with it. Last question. You're here again with Vlad. Do you ever get tired of watching that guy hit? Oh, no, never. It's always fun uh, messing with him, uh, and, uh, you know, having friendly competitions with him. But, uh, you know, he's a freak, and he's a great player, and he's an even better teammate, so it's, uh, it's going to be a fun uh, following with him. Let's stay in the infield for the remainder of our interviews. For, for the longest time, I've had on my list of guys I've wanted to meet and talk to, Jazz Chisholm. Part of it is because got to love that first name. It's Jazrado, uh, for those of you wondering. Diamondback shortstop prospect. Had a very good year, hit 25 homers. Light really went off when the Diamondbacks pushed him up to high A ball and had a chance to talk to him about that, about the home run power, and, of course, baseball in the Bahamas. All right, Jazz, you know, you're coming off a year where you, you, you're under promotion, you moved up a level, and then the Diamondbacks say, hey, we want you to keep going. We want you to play in the fall league. Uh, what was that call like when, when they told you that? I mean, it was amazing. Um, I mean, it was like... I was speechless when he told me, and I was—I literally asked him, I was like, are you serious, or are you playing with me right now? Because, you know, I like to make a little bit of jokes, you know, have fun all the time. So, like, when he told me, I was like, oh, man, that's amazing. And I can't, I just couldn't wait to get out here, you know. Were you surprised just because, I mean, occasionally guys from A-ball come up, not so often guys your age. Were you, you know, were you, were you a little surprised that they wanted you to, to sort of get pushed in this way? Um, Not really. They told me that they expected a lot from me, and they're going to keep on expecting a lot from me. So, like, I'm going to just keep on pushing it to go, you know? I guess you you, you got the, the move up to high A, so that was sign enough that they're, they're sort of fast-tracking you. What was that, you know, uh, when you found out about that, that you're moving up from the Midwest League, and how surprising was that move? Oh, I was super happy about it, and, like, I was very surprised because I know the guys that were in the Midwest League, I played with them the last year in the Midwest League. And... It was amazing because, like, it was some of the guys I really got along with and knew very well, you know, from short season. So going toward, like, going towards the California League, I mean, it was amazing to go see those guys again and play with them. And what, what have I mean? I we all know the California League is a great place to hit, Midwest League, especially in April, not always so good, especially for a kid who spent a lot of time in warm weather temperatures. But what it seemed like something really kind of clicked for you once you once you got there offensively what really was working for you uh just slow it down just slow everything down don't try and do too much was basically the difference between the midwest league and the california league for me 
Uh, the ball traveled a little bit more, so it was a better hitters league. So I didn't have to swing as hard as I was swinging in the Midwest league. So went to the California league and took a little bit off it, controlled my swing a little bit better, had better play discipline, and you know just trust my trust the process. You know, it's a good lesson right, for a young hitter to say, wait, I take something a little bit off, and then my power numbers are going up. Granted, the ball does travel more, but still, was that something you're like, oh, I don't have to swing as hard as I can to actually have the best results? Yeah, that that proves it. You know, like I do it in BP now. And I'd still be hitting balls out to center in BP. So I would just tell myself, like, yeah, just no need to swing out of your shoes. Just try and hit line drives and they go. You know, you know, just trust the process like everybody has been telling me. And that's all I've been doing is trust the process. Were you surprised at all at the power numbers that you put up? Uh, supposedly that's the last tool to come. And it started showing up for you a lot once you got moved up. <laughs> I actually, I told myself, I would always tell myself, shoot for the stars, you know. So I told myself I'm going to hit 20 this year, and I got to 25. So then I was like super happy about it, super excited about it. When I got to 20, the guys were like, heck no, don't stop there. You got to keep going. Go to 25. And like, it was like four or three games left, and I was at 22. And they're like, you better hit one this game. You better hit one. So then I just, the guys kept on pushing me to do it. So I mean, I was excited about it. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about baseball in the Bahamas because it's uh, becoming more and more of a hotbed. There's this nice group of of guys yeah. sort of coming up. Uh, Lucius is here. Yeah. Uh, just talk a little bit about the sort of, I guess, friend, friendly rivalry that it seems like you guys have with, with, with all of you coming up. Uh, me and Lucius especially, you know. It's just like a brotherly, friendly, like it's that kind of rival. We're always growing up together and playing on different teams. And then when it came to like the national team or the summer, summer ball team we play together, but like during the seasons of Little League, we'd always be playing against each other and seeing who would win the MVP that year. So it was always back and forth. But now seeing him in professional baseball, like I want nothing but the best for him. But I just told him, like, you know, I got to get there before you this time. You know, we got to do it right. So playing against him, I mean, the brotherly love, the friendly love, whatever it is, it's just amazing, you know. And it seems that, you know, he probably has you on speed. You have him on power. Does that seem fair? Yeah, that seems fair and about and about equal on defense. All right. So it's everybody. It's the bat, and then I got the bat, he got the speed, and then equal on defense. But we both got speed, and we both got a bat, so it's like just equal, you know? Now, he told me in spring training that Christian may have more power than all of you. Ah, that might be right. <laughs> that might be right. Christian gets to grow into his body, you know? He might hit 30 in a year in the minor leagues, you know, and then hit 40 in the big leagues. Is it, fun, is it fun having him in the same organization as you? Yeah, I came down for instructs before the fall league and get a couple swings in BP, and he was just crushing some balls, and I was like, bro, you got to teach me how to do that, you know what I mean? So it's fun. Last question for you. Has it always been jazz? Has, have people always called you? Because I remember when you first signed, it was your full name, and then we sort of found out that everyone – was calling you Jazz. Is yeah. that something that's happened more recently? So before I signed, I wanted it to be Jazz for everything. But then they told me, they're like, well, you got to use your full name for something. So we used my full name. And I wanted to put Junior on the back, but they didn't let me put my Junior. So, I mean, but it's always been Jazz from when I was a baby because my dad had the same name. And so they call him, like, Jazzrato, and they call me Jazz when they were calling him. So it was always fun, or Lil Jazz, that was always my name, walking around. It's a good name for baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Staying in the middle infield, got a chance to talk to Angels second baseman Jam Jones, another good nickname. Uh, his first full name is Jamai, and that's how I knew him when he was coming out of the draft, but he's been known as Jam for a really long time. We, we talked a little bit uh, about that. 
the transition to second base uh, that he is continuing to work on, and what it was like reaching double A for the first time. All right, Jim, you know, long season, you know, you're in a promotion, a lot of things go well, and then Angel say, hey, we want you to keep playing another six, seven weeks here in the Folly. What, what was your reaction uh, when you got the news? I was looking forward to it. It was definitely something that I thought I, I should play in, given the chance just to get some more reps under, under my belt, whether it had been at Instructs or the Fall League and just happened to be the Fall League. So I was definitely excited for the opportunity. I was looking forward to it. I was hoping that I'd be in it. And when I finally got the phone call that I was going to be in it, I was nothing short of ecstatic. What did you heard about the league, just in terms of the level of competition, what it does for guys' careers? Uh, obviously, the percentage of guys that go from here and make it up to the big leagues is pretty high. It is, and it's a great opportunity, again, like I said, and I'm, I'm just blessed to be here. It, it was not by my own doing, and the things that you hear from the league is that it's the best of the best, and I'm looking forward to uh, competing. It's, it's guys from everywhere, guys that you haven't played against, guys you've played against, friends, guys you haven't seen in a while, and new faces. So to be able to mix it up like that and just come here and play the game for another seven weeks is, is all about it. So everything that I'm looking forward to in this uh, league that I've heard is, is definitely going to happen soon. So, Is there anything in particular that you're, you're looking to work on based on, on the year that you just had? Uh, definitely fielding. I mean, making the transition to second base is something that I thought uh, would either happen a little earlier in my career or a little later. Never, I, never did I think it was going to happen right now. But it's for the better. I'm, I'm definitely trusting Billy's plan. Billy's got a, a great idea of where he wants his players to be and where he wants the organization to be in the next three, four, five years. And I'm all for it. I'm all in on his plan. And he told me that he wanted me to play second. So I'm looking forward to the opportunity and just looking to get some little things right and make sure that you know, first step quickness, my setup and everything when I'm playing the infields right so I can go out and just continue to play the way I am. How do you, you say you, you trust the plan and the process? At the same time, you, got, you want to go out and put up numbers while learning a new position. You know, how did you try to, over the course of the year, remind yourself, okay, this is developmental. If I'm not swinging the bat that well, I'm learning how to play second. There are other things I can do to, to help myself get better and help the team out. I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the numbers of average and all the, the numbers that show up on the scoreboard, you want to have high numbers, and everybody does. And, you know, I just try not to look up there. Try to just really focus on every single day at hand and, Make sure that you know if I'm not swinging it, I'm playing defense. If I'm not playing defense well, I'm I'm making up for the errors that that I had in the field. So, knowing that, I just tried to take it in in very small increments. Tried to not look at the big picture. Tried to look at just every single day. Can I get a little bit better? Can I get a little bit better? And it was a learning year. You know, maybe statistically it, it wasn't great year on paper. It doesn't matter at that point. It, it was an it was a year full of changes and a year full of new opportunities. So I was I'm happy with the year that I had and definitely looking to build on it. Obviously. Statistically, could have done a little bit better, but I mean, it's a learning process, and everything that I learned this year, I'm just going to use it for next year, and you know, see where it takes me. Clearly, the Angels saw enough uh, and knew that you could handle the challenge, pushed you up to Double A. What was that like? And, and it looks like you, you know, you did more than hold your own once you got up there. It was a lot of fun. It, it was definitely facing again, you know, guys that are a step away from the big leagues, guys that day in day out, they know what they want to do, they execute a plan, and they do it better than the guys in high do. And I knew it was going to be probably the biggest jump. Uh, in my minor league career going from high A to double A and so I just tried to prepare for it go out there and not take every day so hard make it make sure I have fun and do everything that I can I mean I have in uh, on the insoles of my cleats right now it's just breathe and have fun if I can keep doing that I mean we'll see where it goes that last question for you you know when you first entered pro ball we all knew you as you know as Jamai and, and now you're just jam has it always been jam and it just took a while for the rest of us to to learn that <laughs> it has been I mean from all my buddies back home to my family to my mom. I mean, I don't get called Jemai unless I'm in trouble, but um, Jam is definitely 
definitely where it's where it's came from. I mean, I've had this nickname for I mean, God knows how long. So, but it's, it's all good. I mean, they can call me whatever they want. If they want to call me Jamai, if they want to call me Jam, I mean, I'll probably answer to both. So, all right. Thanks very much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Finally, for this week's podcast, went to the Chicago Cubs organization. There is one player in this year's fall league from the 2018 draft, and that's Nico Horner, the Cubs first rounder, taken out of Stanford and. Nico had a kind of strange summer debut where he reached full season ball, but then got hurt, hurt his non-throwing elbow and got shut down. Obviously, he's healthy now, otherwise he wouldn't be here. We talked to him a little bit about that kind of strange start and what he's hoping to get out of his time here in the AFL. So, Nico, so not your most traditional summer pro debut, but uh, we'll get to that a little bit in the same, but then the Cubs, you know, say, well, we, we want you to get a little more work in, come out here to the Arizona Fall League. How, how excited were you to receive that news? Yeah, I mean, when I, when I enter, entered the summer, definitely not where I pictured being right now, but um, it's, a, it's a great place to be, and um, it's the best competition I've ever played, so um, definitely a place to develop and make the most of the offseason. Now, you know, over the years, there have been guys who have come from the draft class, but I think you're the only guy from this draft class to come. Were you a little surprised, uh, especially given that you were, you, know, you were shut down for so long that they wanted you to come? I think it, it made sense to me just to have a chance to really push my limits and see what, where I'm at right now. I mean, they were quick to move me through the first couple of levels, so um, it goes well, it goes well, and if not, I have a lot to work on going through the rest of the offseason either way, so I think, I think it's a good spot to be. All right, uh, let's get the injury stuff out of the way. Obviously, you got shut down with the little elbow thing. How are you feeling? Everything's checked out clearly, otherwise you wouldn't be here. Yeah, I feel great. Um, yeah, physically, I'm totally there. I'm probably in a better place than I would have otherwise been able to take advantage of the time away and definitely feel good. What were some of the things, because, you know, I know the college season can be long, you're getting ready, and then you go right to play pro ball, and uh, having that time off is not something that you expected. You know, what, what were some of the things you were able to do uh, just to, you know, one, rehab the injury, obviously, but two, get yourself maybe in that, in that better spot that you mentioned? Yeah, so the Cubs got me doing Pilates three or four times a week, so that's a, a new thing for me, um, just getting to know my body in a different way. And then also just getting to know the facility and the staff and everything that the Cubs have to offer, which is, which is a lot. So um, I feel like I'm in, for someone that's only been a part of the organization for like four months, I definitely, I know my way around a little bit now and I feel more comfortable. Was there a time, you know, as you were getting back, especially making throws from from short, that you were, you know, you 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 were fine, just letting loose, or was it not something you ever worried about? Yeah, it was my it was my left arm that I. I so we'll scratch that question. We'll forget that I. Uh, that's see. That's why I need to do my homework before that. I hope that makes it into the podcast. By the way, um, but just in terms of checking it out overall, even letting loose in swings, I think yeah. it was a certain point in time where you were like, okay, I'm not even thinking about it anymore. Yeah, I mean, it was the swing and the miss that was the going to be the hardest thing to handle and that was the th first thing we did so right away I was swinging a fungo as hard as I could and uh, there's still like a little mental block at first but I felt good and obviously didn't feel perfect right away with my swing but um, definitely in a good spot now working forward and ready to take advantage of this league definitely. Now you did in the brief time that you were playing you, like you said they moved you pretty quick you made it to full season ball you seem to handle all that okay do you, do you feel that that give you, even though it was brief, a, a bit of a foundation maybe especially after this to hit the ground running uh, maybe to an advanced level next year? Yeah, I mean, this is my, my fourth team this summer with the Cubs, so uh, it's it's been fast. It's changed a lot. Um, each step has been great so far, uh, and wherever I'm put next year is um, it's not my main worry right now. It's really developing here and making the most of wherever I'm put next year. Now, a last question for you. You've been a shortstop, you know, throughout. Uh, has there been any talk just in terms of positional flexibility, getting some work in at other spots? 
Yeah, I mean, I played, I've only played shortstop so far in my brief stints, but I mean, if you look at the Cubs big league roster, you'd be crazy to think that you probably only play one position your whole life. So you get Chris Bryant all over the place playing. So yeah, whatever, whatever's need be, I'll, I'll do it. I can play outfield, play second, whatever, and um, hit. Yeah, <laughs> gotta do that. <laughs> oh, and today with all the shifting, you're not playing traditional shortstop most of the time anyway. Yeah, I mean, playing second base, if I end up doing that, you got to have an arm to play there. So I think a lot of what I've learned at shortstop is going to translate to wherever I'm at on the diamond. So I'm going to do that for as long as I can, and wherever it takes me, it takes me. All right, Nico, thanks very much. Yeah. Thank you. All right, that should do it for us in this week's podcast. Uh, more sounds from the Fall League uh, coming to you uh, over uh, the coming weeks, both on this podcast and, of course, at MLBFallBall.com and MLB pipeline.com for uh, the rest of the the podcast crew tim mcmaster and jim callis this is jonathan mayo